Hey everybody, welcome into the Action Sports Jacks Pylon Podcast. Brett Martineau along with Dan Hicken and Waddle. We have a lot to talk about. College football season is here. That's awesome. I And I don't want to say it comes out of nowhere because it doesn't. We wait and we wait, but the fact that it's game week, it does kind of... You know, you start seeing all the promotions on ESPN and such at Fox, and you get excited. Yeah, and by the way, I think this year does feel different because of the Urban Meyer stuff, the Maryland stuff. Good point. It hid the storylines yeah. of college football, much like these quarterbacks that we're going to talk about. The Jaguars about ready to wrap up the preseason. That's exciting, too, because we can't wait for the regular season. Yeah, unfortunately, some bad news with Marquise Lee yeah. injured and out for the season. It does bring up, you know, again, and it brings up this – this age-old question about playing guys in the preseason. Doug Marone's a big believer and you got to play, and it's worked for him, so I totally understand it, and I'm not second-guessing him at all. But it's interesting. I think if the L.A. Rams come out fast and have a lot of success, and they haven't played, you know, Gurley and Goff, haven't even played. They're not at playing, all. At all. They're not playing a lot of their guys. And if they come out in September and say they're 4-0, and I think, other t- I think we're headed that way. I think we're headed more and more towards – Guys not playing much in preseason games. There was another team too, and I was, and now I'm blanking. Well, the Bears, on the Bears, Chicago, play Trubisky. Trubisky. Yeah, yeah. And, and so here, younger there's a guy, guy who needs to play. Yeah, and even golf. I mean, golf's only a third year guy. Correct. So it's not like we're talking Drew Brees or Tom Brady. Right. So and it's interesting because Dan here in Jacksonville, Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone, different mindset. There. Oh yeah. They think, and Doug Marone will tell you this. He thinks you get better at playing football by playing football in games. And so we've seen Leonard Fournette way more than we thought we would see. Ever thought we would. And ever more than I think either of us would play him. Yeah, I wouldn't have played him as much. I carries combined the last two games. Yeah, that's wow. a lot. A lot. I mean, even Blake. I think about eight carries for the whole preseason would have been fine. Once I saw Leonard Fournette on the first carry in the first preseason game rip off eight yards, I would have been good. <laughs> thought that was it. I thought that Let's was it. To the house. <laughs> we'll see you in September, Leonard. Here, here's a true sign of it. Blake Bortles played the entire first half in game two with three backup offensive linemen yeah. and no tight end. Yeah. Well, not as no tight end, but is not a starting tight end. Yeah, I mean, it is really amazing the mindset. And heck, to be honest with you, we're going to talk. Uh, we talk a lot of stuff today, but let's stay on the Jags right now. Mm-hmm. Marquise Lee injury hurts. Uh, feel for the for the guy. I mean, big contract, so at least that's good. Sixteen and a um, half million guaranteed. So good for him. I'm glad he got that because uh, this this is a big one. This yeah. is a tough one to come back from for a receiver, and uh, from everything we've heard, a serious knee injury. Yeah, pretty serious knee injury. I I think, um, you know. Outside of Marquise, though, here's the weird dynamic. Devastating injury Saturday night. We find out about it Monday out for the season. Then the rest of this football team is really healthy. They got a lot of guys back at practice on Monday. Mm -hmm. They won't play a ton of those. They won't play hardly anybody on on Thursday in Tampa. This is a a relatively healthy football season compared to what else is going on around the NFL. Yeah, I mean, generally, you you, you hold your breath and you wait, and you know somebody's going to go down, and it finally happened for the Jaguars. But you're right, other than that, nicks and bumps and bruises and guys sitting out a week or two, and only because it's a preseason and not the regular season. So they'll go to New York uh, to battle the Giants with everyone but Marquise, I suspect. Look, they've got a couple, you know, walk-through practices this week. They'll go play the Bucks with all their backups and then they'll take the weekend off, and then they'll start go right into game week, game mode, and get ready for the New York Giants, which I suspect they're probably already working on. Yeah, they are. I mean, Blake Bortles said they would be working on them already. All right, let's go real quick on the Jags. From the preseason, expectations for the regular season, uh, do they match? Let's go. Let's start with defense because that's the easiest one. <laughs> we expect this defense to be dominant. They look dominant in the preseason. 
then they're going to be one of the best defenses in the NFL, hands yeah, down. Yeah, I saw um, ESPN did a panel and predicted their top 100 for this year, their top 100 players. Boy, they must have been really bored. And Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'll, I'll say, I think there were – I think there were six, five or six Jaguars, all defensive guys, and not Malik Jackson. Really? So and he goes under the radar too much. Man, he was he? so good the other night too. I mean, I was. He, he's a great. I I really like Malik Jackson. I like the way he carries himself. We were talking about this the other day. I feel like he's one of the unsung leaders of the locker room. I would agree. You know, I mean, Calais is the upfront guy, and the one maybe a long. Elvin. Yeah, but I think Malik carries a lot of clout and he's a great go-to guy for the media too because he'll answer anything and everything so I, I appreciate him he's won a Super Bowl there's he's a ton a of respect Bowl. for a yeah. guy who's won a Super Bowl he's the only guy in that locker room I think yeah right yeah. am I missing one um that's a good question I hadn't Norwell played in the Super Bowl probably right with Carolina and lost I think he's the only one wow but going back to that ESPN top 100 think about it Ramsey Boye Miles Jack was in there Calais was in there, so Telvin was in there. So there's five, and Malik should be in there. That's six of your defense who should be in the top 100 in the league. Getting back to the point, the defense looks ready to roll. They they shut down Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan, two uh, elite franchise-type quarterbacks. So it uh, looks like they're ready for – uh, uh, Manning and Brady. Yeah, they, well, they better be. They better be. <laughs> they better be ready for those two guys to start the year. Uh, I will say this. I, I sense this. I don't know if you could in the game. And I know you sit with the fam sometimes, so I don't know if you went out there. But this doesn't happen everywhere. This, in a preseason game on Saturday night, the fans in that stadium, which was a nice crowd. Very good crowd. They got jacked up when that defense went out there. Yes. I just think they like to watch them. It's almost like three and out and punt is okay because I want to see those guys go play again. It, it's weird. You, that's usually reserved for offenses and quarterbacks and Absolutely. dynamic players Absolutely. like a Leonard Fournette maybe. But this defense, you could feel the energy lift in the stadium just to see those guys in action. Well, you know, they've earned the, the nickname Saxonville, and we're excited about it. And what I like about those guys is they know they haven't really accomplished anything yet. And they want to be historically great. And the only way to be historically great is to win the Super Bowl. That's and it. then they'll go down in history as one of the great defenses because, let's be honest, the defense is what's going to carry them throughout the season. That's the strength of the football team. As better as the offense is getting, as excited as you see about this guy, that guy, the defense is the, the, the blood and guts of this team. Absolutely. And that's why this offense doesn't have to do a lot, just can't make a lot of mistakes. Blake Bortles uh, did make some on Saturday. Yeah. But overall, let's take uh, Saturday, you got a couple plays. Definitely we can we can digest that. But uh, I feel myself a little bit more excited about this offense because of what they did in the backfield yeah. in the preseason. I hope that wasn't oversold to us. If this backfield is as dynamic as it looked in those three preseason games, I mean, we talk about Blake all day, but Nathaniel Hackett's going to have some interesting play calls and some fun ones. Yes, and a lot of criticism because – as soon as they mess up or lose a game and they'll go to the box score. And on this particular day, Leonard had 23 carries and TJ Yeldon caught seven coming out of the backfield and Corey Grant only got one touch. The question is going to be how come Corey Grant's not more involved following if another thing happens and TJ Yeldon doesn't play. And in other words, whenever they lose, we pick apart the, we'll pick apart the offense, but it does seem like this. And I haven't looked this up yet, but this is what I'd be curious to see Brent check out, Rushing attempts and 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 receptions by the running backs and how much of the offense they made up of 
last year, I would suggest to you that that number will go up noticeably in 2018. I think their screen games look terrific. Again, it's the preseason. Everything changes. We get that. But the screen games look terrific. They're using these guys out of the backfield. They're putting two of them in at the same time. They're their playmakers as much as the wide receivers, if not more. Yeah, 31 touches, 192 yards on Saturday night for the backs, by the way. So that will go. tell you, that that yeah. exclamation point on your point. Uh, okay, so let's hit on Bortles. Okay. Are, are you miffed a little bit or mystified at the, the couple of plays from the other night? His completion percentage this preseason is 67%. Now it's a bunch That's of the screen good. game. Yeah. 67% is unbelievable for, for Blake yeah. Bortles. Yeah. Uh, three interceptions, no touchdowns. So I thought they moved the ball up and down the field a lot of times, but he made some big mistakes in his own end. And then the other night, deep as they were going in for at least a field goal, I've always said it about Blake, Dan, he is going to make mistakes. It's where on the football field he makes those mistakes that is the difference. Last year, he didn't have killer turnovers. They weren't in the red zone. Remember the red zone numbers? All touchdowns, no picks. He can't do that. If he makes the mistakes in the middle of the football field, well, that happens to every quarterback. I think it's a very interesting dynamic here in Jacksonville, and I, I'm curious to see. And I kind of am rooting for Well, obviously for the fans of Jacksonville, I want it to work. But I also kind of want it to work because Blake Bortles didn't break the bank with his salary, right? And so that's allowed Jacksonville to have a lot of really good players. If Blake Bortles was making Matt Ryan-like money or along those lines, then – the roster would suffer. This is a different attack. This is a, we think we can win um, with this guy who's not really a franchise quarterback. Uh, Listen, the biggest mistake we saw Saturday was the one where he was getting sacked at the last second. He just threw the ball towards TJ Yeldon into the hands of another guy. Thank God TJ Yeldon broke it up or he would have had another pick. Uh, sometimes it's Bortles being Bortles on the field. We say Jalen being Jalen off the field. Yeah. Sometimes it's Bortles being Bortles on the field. And and he's always, you know, he's told us straight up from day one, gunslinger mentality, favorite quarterback, Brett Favre. There's going to be picks, but you're right. They can't be damaging cost you game picks. Yeah, and now he has to really engineer this offense without Mark Easley, I think, because a lot of guys don't know this offense. Fournette does, Yeldon, the backs do, yeah. but there's a lot of newcomers, and I think he's got to move some of those guys around, even the young guys, Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook. They're not going to know it like Marquise Lee knew it, right. and even Dante Moncrief, who has a feel for the NFL. So Safari and Jenkins is new. Yeah. So I, I think it'll be interesting to watch, and Blake's going to have – that's his job. Just as much as not throwing picks, his job's to get those guys on the same page. So uh, it'll be interesting. It feels like this offense has a chance to be explosive, which it hasn't been. Um, and I'm not going to say they're consistently explosive. I'm not saying they're going to score 35 a game, but it feels like we might get more of the quick-hit 64-yard touchdowns than we've had in a long time. I've said this a lot. It's a fast offense. There's a lot of speed out there, so if they can get a pop pop a seam, they can go. And Leonard looked great. That that little 21-yard run the other night was perhaps his finest run as a Jaguar. Yeah, I know it was was a good season, but it was terrific. Uh, chop, chop, chop with the feet when he cut back to the left and took it on into the end zone. He looks dynamic. I really want him to stay healthy this year and see what he can do. Yeah, he uh, he's off to a great start. Okay, um, last part, special teams, we don't really need to do too much. It'll be interesting to see who wins the punt return job. It looks like Jadon Mickens or Didi Westbrook. We haven't seen him much in that role, but I think they like him in that role. Lambeau's good. 
Uh, they did miss one the other night again. Yeah. Um, the punter's so okay. Yeah. So, I mean, again, you got to assume special teams with Joe DiCamillo is one of the best guys uh, in the NFL. They start kicking the ball out of the end good. zone good and kickoffs. Yeah, yeah. And, and remember, they have a deep roster now, Dan. They have hard cuts to make, which makes your special teams better. That's true. You know, the deeper your roster goes. So, again, I mean, we, we're not special teams experts. Yeah. It's harder to, to do. All right, here's my last thing on the Jags. Uh, do you feel like – I had them 11-5. and five. I don't know what you had them. You I might have had 10-6. and six? I still sign up for 10-6 and six today. Okay, so 10-6. and six. So, really, you're, are you coming off 10-6 and six at all, though? Do you feel like this is more toward 9 wins, 11 wins, right on the 10 uh, I, after I preseason? Shade, I would lean a shade towards – I mean, I'll, I'll stay with 10, but I'd lean – if I had to go 11 or 9, I'd go 11. Okay. And, and the reason I ask that question is last year when we went in to August, we were like, oh, this team's going to take a big step. Right. When we came out of August, we're we said this good. team might not win two games. Yeah, it was not good. And so at least there's that, right? There's like, And I don't know if that's good or bad right. based on the way this team's performed over the last handful of years. Right. But uh, I think that it's interesting. At least there's a comfort level. And, and what I think is when you know a team's good, the roster's good. Right. It's kind of easier to predict that. They're more predictable in terms of what they're going to be in a very unpredictable league. It's very unpredictable. And and if you think about it, like, look at the NFC for just a second, Brent. If I say who's going to win the Super Bowl, I could say the Six Eagles. Right. We could say the Packers. We could say the Vikings. We could say the Rams. We could say the Falcons. We could say the Saints. Uh, you might want to say the Niners. Who knows? Uh, you might throw in another one or two along the way. But that is – a fan's dream. I mean, that's why the NFL is king. Here's the deal on the just as um, put a bow on the NFC. Mm-hmm. The best quarterback to me, you could argue, in the NFC East is Alex Smith. Yeah. Most people predict Washington last. to finish last in that division. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you could make the argument. Like, if the stats come out at the end of the year, yeah. Alex Smith might have the best year out of any of those QBs. Carson Wentz is a bit hurt. Yeah. He might not play until week three or four now, the word is. Eli Manning, is he long in the tooth? Too long in the tooth? And um, I still think Dak Prescott's just kind of an average guy with a good running game, and they're built pretty good around him offensively. So, uh, it, Cowboys another enigma. Nobody knows what Nobody knows those what guys. I hear some guys raving about this defense and raving about these defensive ends they got, and these young linebackers, and watch out. And yet there are others who say, eh, they're not very good. So it's going to be a great ride. Enjoy a Jag fan. And uh, we'll, we'll see you at the bank in a couple weeks, man. Pack the house. I, I can't wait. You'll be in New York, and I can't wait till September 16th. This place will be rocking that yeah. entire week. This The the feel in this city will be electric, I believe. All right, uh, move on to college football. You like the decisions made in both. Uh, let's begin in uh, Gainesville on Monday. Uh, Felipe Franks, you're a Gator guy. What yeah. does it do to you? Doesn't excite me, but what choice does he have? If he's the best guy, you got to take the best guy, and you got to hope Mullen. Listen, I will say this quarterbacks often improve from year one to year two. You got to hope that Franks is ready to take that step and be a better quarterback. We won't learn a whole lot, I don't think, against Charleston Southern unless he's terrible. You know, then we're, then we got a real problem. Then you do have a problem. Uh, if they don't have, you know, 50 on the board by the half, we got a problem. Um, I, so. It, it's not exciting. There's really not a huge buzz, but it's so important for Dan Mullen, and we owe him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, again, he hasn't coached a game. I think we said the other day, I think he's the most scrutinized new head coach in Florida football history. And that's with Steve Spurrier and Urban. And I mean, because because what he's replacing and what Florida's been coming off for the last 10 years, 
But it's a very important year for Dan Mullen to average 400 yards a game on offense and score 35 or 40 points a game because he's got to recruit. He's got to get kids to come to Gainesville. I've long said, I've said it all offseason, you've heard me say it multiple times on our podcast, I think Dan Mullen has the easiest job in America Mm -hmm. in many ways because all he does have, before wins, Mm -hmm. he has to score points. And if he can at least score points and improve their scoring average by whatever the number is, 10 Mm -hmm. points, Mm -hmm. if he gets them into the upper 20s and just does that, and still loses some squeakers, people will at least start to believe. Right. And I do believe if Franks is not good, that's not on Mullen. People will say, okay, sure. Franks couldn't play well with McIlwain, couldn't play well with Mullen. That's on Franks. But then the pressure really ramps up to find that guy. Got to find uh, that and, guy. And they might need – the pressure's probably going to be there to find that guy anyway. Right. But uh, I got a feeling I think Franks will do okay. They've got a soft schedule, especially early on. He can get off to a decent start. And at least put that conversation behind him. Mullen's good with QBs, man. I mean, that track record shows Listen, that. I'll tell you this right now. Felipe Franks could not beat Kentucky last year. If Luke Del Rio wasn't there, yeah, Florida would have lost that game. It's a good point. So he got benched in that game. So, you know, right off the rip here, week two, here comes here comes Kentucky. Felipe Franks has got to be improved, or the Gators may find themselves in a dogfight with the Wildcats. So again, it's it's a long way from Gator Camelot, I'll say that. But away we go. We'll go to Gainesville Saturday and see what we see. And here's the problem. By the way, SEC tonight starts. Uh, you'll be live in Gainesville yeah. Saturday night for that and, and uh, for the, all the coverage. Uh, I will say Gator fans will be panic mode, and as they should be, if Franks has to be replaced in the first couple of games and Kyle Trask has to play one of his first big games in Knoxville. Yeah. I mean, the guy hardly played high school football. So, it, will, will the moment be big? So, I mean, there's a lot of ifs, ands, and buts somehow, around Gainesville. Somehow, Treon Harris beat Tennessee in Knoxville. <laughs> yeah, I, so. uh, I don't know what to tell you on that one. Uh, Tennessee opens with West Virginia, by the way. but uh, Tennessee stinks, but yeah. the, still, the yeah. fact is you're playing in front of 105,000. No so, no all right, how about in Tallahassee? Easy decision, Dan, I thought. I thought DeAndre Francois, as long as he did this stuff off the field and, and he looked like he was in tune and focused and on the same page as Taggart, the skill set of him is way better than those other two guys. Noticeably, I think. And in the end, we probably bought into more of coach speak, you know, and they probably – painted Blackman a little bit better than they should have because they wanted to push Francois, make sure they got the best out of him. And, you know, Bailey Hockman wasn't going to play just because the lack of experience. You're you're playing Virginia Tech in the opener. You're not going to trot out a guy who hasn't played yet. So I think that was an easy decision. I think the job for him uh, Monday night will be to give the ball to Akers and Patrick and, and run the football and try to beat the Hokies and survive that first week and then you get a couple of those cupcakes coming your way before things amp up again for FSU. Here's what I'm interested in. I don't know if you, in this offense, I don't know if you have to be a fit or not. DeAndre Francois is is a pro-style guy. Mm-hmm. He's going to play in the NFL, I think, someday. I think. I mean, I think he's got the arm to do it. He was good in Jimbo's system, it, yeah. it appeared. yeah. And I think most of these guys can adjust now and play both, but I don't know if it's a perfect fit. Like I, I think if right. you if you put, lined up the quarterbacks and then gave Taggart another option that he could pull in there, he might take that other option and say this guy fits my offense better. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm curious about because we don't know too too much about it and how much mix of 
spread and pro style. It looks like it's going to be all spread. But I, I'm really curious about Monday night, see what DeAndre Francois looks like in terms of is he the same guy, but also what is he like in this offense? Does he fit it okay? If we can tell that in one game, I think it will be interesting to see. And then I think the expectation level at Florida State goes up in 2018 because the ceiling for Francois is really high. I, yeah. I had him at, at New York for the Heisman last year before uh, he got hurt. Yeah. I mean, I that was mean, probably a little overzealous, but – he should be better. Talented I mean, kid. Look, he, I think he had like 20 touchdown passes, about seven picks his first year. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see. Florida State will be an interesting watch because it'll look very different than what it has looked in the past. And that's not a knock on Jimbo. He had a prolific offense, man. So, And what can Willie Taggart do when he's in a tight game against some of the uh, some of the better coaches now? He'll, you know, He's going to have to amp it up, too, as a coach. He'll be going against a lot of – uh, seasoned veteran ACC coaches and, you know, uh, uh, Mark Richt and Bob Petrino and Dabo. I Dabo, mean, and he's got Brian Kelly up in Notre Dame. Yeah, he's got I on mean, the schedule. I mean, so, yeah, Willie Taggart with a lot to prove. 47 and 50, in fairness, a lot of rebuilds, a lot of two and t- a couple two and tens in there will hurt your one loss record. But uh, exciting time for Knowles and Gators. And, you know, let the let the comparisons just go, you know, let them go because that's what we're going to do. They both came in at the same time. All right, we'll be in Gainesville Saturday. We'll be in Tallahassee on Monday night, so we'll have it covered for you, Florida wow. and Florida State. And by the way, that I thought it was interesting, Dan, around the country on Monday, quarterbacks. Nick Fitzgerald suspended for the opener for right. Mississippi State. Right. Uh, uh, LSU names the Ohio State quarterback. Burrow, uh, yeah. Burrow's, uh, uh, Burrow makes the start, which is no surprise, by the way. He looks like a talented kid. Freshman in, at USC. And Nebraska, two true freshmen. Martinez at, uh, at Nebraska, and I think JT Daniels is the kid's name, out at Southern Cal. So those are true freshmen stepping in, ready to run big-time programs. Yeah, it's uh, it's an, you know a lot of work, and I guess – I guess Monday was decision day for these coaches. Well, not for everyone. Did you see Alabama? What's Saban doing? What's Saban doing? Co-starters. And then he didn't want any questions about it. Question Nick Saban. (laughs) Don't you question Nick Saban. That guy. That guy's unbelievable. All right. uh, That's going to do it for the uh, NFL and college talk. You know, uh, one year, if I'm not mistaken, I think Muschamp had – Driscoll and Brissett on the field for the first play. He did. he did. Yeah. They ran them both out there. Yeah. So maybe these guys. Maybe uh, the tide will do something like that. That's pretty funny if it happens. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the weekend um, because now some things have spun out of the weekend relative to sports. Yes. You were there at Reigns High School uh, shooting uh, after the game on Friday night, uh, which mars what I think is the most genuine thing we might have in sports is high school football yeah. uh, and, and Sunday tragedy in Jacksonville too, which which is at a sporting event. Uh, eSports is a thing now. Um, this is a sporting event, technically that Madden tournament. So uh, tragic weekend around here. So our thoughts with everybody, of course. But from a sports standpoint, what came out on Monday afternoon is Duval County is now going to move a lot of high school football games, ones with big crowds at least. Rivalry type games. Yeah, right? yeah, where they expect there could be a big crowd from a 7 o'clock start on Friday to some of them 5.30 on Friday, some of them to Saturday morning. And I heard some teams might play at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. Uh, it's too bad, first of all, they have to take those measures. I understand, and what they're doing. This is a... The big message out there amongst officials when it comes to violence is see something, say something. It's hard to see something at night. 
you can see more during the day. And I think statistics would also say from a gun violence standpoint or violence in general, you probably have less of it during the day than at night. But there's more to this. It's it's just too bad for the high school kids and everybody around high school football. To a point, but I'll say this, you know, I very young, I grew up in the Northeast and, and football, you were up there. Yeah, we played on Saturdays. Saturdays. Yeah. Um, Listen, I applaud the Duval County School Superintendent for doing something. Yeah, yeah. Because And they need to do something quickly. They did it quickly, too. Because the worst thing to happen is to have another big game this Friday at night and have a packed house and have something go wrong again. So not all the games are going to be changed, but they're trying to anticipate. And, again, they're trying to do something. So hats off. I mean, uh, you know, I, I applaud them. I was up there. You know, we've talked about it, and we've talked about it on the air, and, and people know how I felt. And – you know, again, the 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 overwhelming uh, uh, feeling for me w- w- happened when it was when there wasn't even a shooting, but in the third quarter, everybody got down, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget just seeing. And that was kids. because of a fight. Yes, in the yes. stands. Yes, but it they was, didn't know. Well, they thought there know. was something people going were running, on. Running, and yeah. so you didn't know if there were. And we didn't hear any gunshots or anything, but people got down, and. Uh, I'll never forget looking at the, the the Lee player and the Reigns player just smiling and laughing and talking to each other, and I and I thought it doesn't. I was a little unnerved. I'm a 55 year old man. I'm a little bit unnerved, and they're fine with it. And I I think they shouldn't be fine with it, but it's part of of what they have to go through in their lives, and that's terribly terribly wrong. There's little they, though they're boys. They're not men. No, no. They're boys, and there's little girls cheerleaders behind me on the ground. It shouldn't be that way ever. And there are little kids in the stands. And, and so, and so, if you have such disrespect that you would bring a gun to a high school football game, I, I, I can't, I can't handle that. I can't deal with that. I can't even, you know. I hope they catch you and put you in jail for twenty five years. I don't care. It's just, it's got to stop. Yeah, it's got to stop. Uh, listen, there's a lot of ways to go with this, too. I put on uh, Facebook my thoughts after yesterday because it, it kind of got uh, – the whole weekend was just kind of a mess yeah. around here. Um, and, you know, people go – you see it on Twitter, right? You say something and, and uh, the, it automatically goes to a gun debate, political yes. debate. Yes. Well, you know what? We're not fixing that overnight right. is my point. We're, we're not going to get that. The mental health issues, people will work on it. I don't think they can fix that overnight. But I do believe that there's a sense of whether it's parenting, values, a little appreciation for life, maybe humanity, that we can pass along to whatever it is. The old, young, um, I think we can all do that part uh, a little bit more so than we can't change to Washington one person at a time. But but everybody can do that stuff. We should be allowed to discuss it without people getting losing their mind. Yeah, there's some we logic should, that needs to be involved. Yeah, we you should know? be allowed uh, uh, to profess what we think. And I'm not saying we, Dan and Brent. I'm saying American Americans should be able to sit down and have respectful decisions and agree to disagree on certain things. But there should be, and sometimes we have to compromise. And this one screams for compromise and we just have to to get to that i will say this i would like to know how a young man who's 24 years old and been in the men- a mental hospital on two different occasions can get a gun yeah i don't think that should happen in our country i'm not trying to be political i'm trying to be logical yeah 
how can a 24-year-old young man who's battled mental health issues to the point that he used twice admitted for psychiatry, for observation, for whatever, be allowed to purchase a gun? Yeah. And get one as quickly as he did. And I don't, I don't know how it. you debate that. Yeah. I don't know how you but, debate but, that. And, 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 it, and others can, and that's okay. I will listen to you, and I will respect your, your viewpoint. And that's where we have to get as a country. We just have to try something, though. It's not okay anymore. But I said this after Parkland. It's not okay anymore for us to sit here and do nothing. Yeah, yeah. Because it's going to happen again. Oh, it's going to happen again. And again. Well said. Well said. It's been a, an interesting weekend, a tough weekend, I think, for so many. But, Terribly uh, tough. Hey, here's the uh, what I really love about what we do. I don't like this weekend because you were on the in the news on Friday night, and yes. I was in the news on Sunday. Yes. We don't want to be in the news, with all due respect to our, our colleagues here. We would like to talk sports. And I do think we're getting into football season, and at least in this city, we'll talk Jaguars here. Yeah. This city, this this franchise lifted this city. Yes. With a kind of boasted, push, pushed out their chest last year with wins. Hopefully we can do that again. And I think a lot of those guys in that locker room, by the way, doing a great job giving back. Blake Bortles bought lunch and dinner for first awesome. responders today. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of good stuff going on if, uh, city, in the city. We can come together and root for the Jaguars. And why can't we as a city come together and solve some of our own issues? Because when people ask you where you're from, you don't say I'm from the west side or I'm from the north side. You say I'm from Jacksonville. Absolutely. So this isn't a... And I live in St. John's County, and I do say that too. Correct. This isn't a one part of town problem. This is a Jacksonville problem, and we all have to work to solve it. All right. Well, hopefully we won't have to talk about that too much more on the Pylon podcast, but important issues uh, for all of us. Hey, we have kids. Uh, we're, we're just like everybody else, um, not just always talking sports, but uh, it really hit home this past weekend in a lot of different respects. Football, football, football starts up this week. College football, we're in week two of high school football, and uh, the Jags finish off the preseason and get ready to hit the road against the New York Giants in week one in a couple of weeks. going to be a lot of fun. Let's go. Let's get it going. All right. For Dan Hicken, I'm Brent Morton. Oh, that's the Action Sports Jack's Pylon Podcast. Have a great week, everybody.